I at first it was unconscious and now it is extremely conscious that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna press the button and then I'm gonna say and we're rolling. Because <laughs> like I'm, when I'm at work, it's like camera of A rolling, camera B rolling, sound speed, places. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like such a professional woman when you say uh, all of that. I it's the sole purpose is to be able to sync the sound to the video, and that's pretty much the only reason we do it. Feels so professional. One second, right. I'm gonna turn up my sound a little bit. Okay. Leave this part in. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit better. Okay. All right, Liz, how the heck are you? You know, in a word, stressed. <laughs> yeah, it. Some weeks are just like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, work has kind of overrun my life the last couple of days, which is good. It's keeping me busy and paid, which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, we love but that. It's, but it's a lot. It's a, um, We're working with some pretty high profile clients right now. And so they're like very specific on what they want things to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't quite understand that it takes CC three hours to do an animation. So they're like hounding on us about getting stuff done on time. Yeah. Whatever. So it's been a stressful week. But yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Dude, I feel for animators. Like, <laughs> their work is so tedious mm -hmm. and takes so much time. And then people just are like, oh, yeah, like, that just took a little bit. And you're like, no, that, like, took a week for that 20 seconds yep. or whatever. Literally. Because, like, she's just, like, animating bar graphs and having the bars, like, rise from the bottom of the screen or whatever. But it still takes her, like, two hours to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like so much respect. So much yeah. respect. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I'm just kind of trucking along here in Spokane. I've, uh, you know, I like nothing like crazy has really happened in my life. But I just, it's just been good going on lots of walks, eating lots of burgers. I don't know why. Burgers are just a really... <laughs> big part of my life right yeah. now they so. are something i make a lot as a person living alone because like i can make mm. a ton of them and then like freeze them for the rest yeah. of the week so i have turkey burgers a lot yeah oh turkey burgers are so good they're so good i love eating them on top of salads and stuff too yeah i used to, I used to do that a lot um like this last year of college so Nice. I, that makes that sounds really good, actually. Yeah. You know, speaking of things we dig, I forgot that last week. Oh, we, we didn't were, even do that last we week. We didn't do our what do you dig segment. Oh, so I figured man. we should do that before we jumped in today. Oh man, I gotta think of one. It's okay. Take your time. Take um, your time. Oh my. <laughs> I forgot about this thing that we do. Here, I'll go first. My okay dig of the week the dig in my garden is shorter alls or short overalls however <laughs> you say that shorter alls is that what they're called i've never <laughs> okay maybe i just made that up in my head but i dig them because i have one pair and i put it on today and i was like damn these are cute i feel good so oh my gosh yeah what's I what's your that. dig i what's think my dig? dig is just a dig constantly in my life that I can always go back to and that is the television series of New Girl. <laughs> yes that we all have to have those trustworthy digs. Mm -hmm. I've seen all of it probably eight times and I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> you gotta have it you gotta yeah. have it. My other dig 
TV wise, now that I'm thinking of it, would be Queer Eye. I've oh, been watching yes. season five. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, have you watched the season where they go to Japan? Yeah. I didn't know it existed somehow. And so I'm watching that right now. And it's so cute. And I love it so much. That's just the show that like, if you're in a sad mood, put that on. Like that'll oh. fix everything. Yes. I I have been loving that. Who's your favorite? So much. Um, Probably Anthony. That makes I sense. Think. <laughs> Why does that make sense? Because he's so cute. Yeah, he is really cute. <laughs> Mine's absolutely without a doubt, Jonathan. <laughs> Yeah, he's. I, I it's hard him. not to love him. But. I also saw something, and um, I related because it was the all of the enneagram numbers of the queer eye guys, and a Karamo oh. was a two wing three, which is me. So that that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> well, speaking of people that do so much good in the world and help people work through their emotions and often <laughs> their anxieties. That was a segue. <laughs> yeah, it took you for a little bit of a roller coaster there, everybody. <laughs> but um but yeah, me and Liz wanted to have a conversation about anxiety today, which I know is kind of a topic that, you know, every a lot of people have talked about in their online content in the last few years and it's becoming more mainstream to talk about so we're definitely not presenting this as like any new information necessarily about anxiety um, or any ways to fix your anxiety if you have it but me and Liz both have experience with anxiety to different degrees in different areas of our lives and it's something we're really passionate about talking about and continuing to normalize even though there's been so much good work done already to normalize it um so yeah Liz do you have anything else you want to add to that before yeah so just kind of like a little I guess quote-unquote trigger warning like if this is a topic that kind of gets you and hits you in the wrong spot like feel free to not listen to it um we're probably like it's not going to get anything too graphic or anything but we are going to be talking about um some situations for us that trigger our anxiety so Um, If that'll get you in the wrong kind of headspace, feel free to like totally skip this episode and we won't be offended at all. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think that's great to add. And yeah, like Liz said, it's definitely not going to it's nothing that's really super intense. But uh, but yeah, we really do want to have a truly meaningful conversation about it. And uh, because we've I mean, we've talked about it before, but we've never really had like a full in-depth conversation about it mm-hmm. i guess yeah. so so yeah i'm just really interested to hear your your thoughts on it and see where it takes us <laughs> yeah see what happens yeah <laughs> well um, do, yeah, do you, you want to start um sorry I, it's hard people if you don't know <laughs> me and liz are not in the same room when we record these and we also don't do it over facetime so we can't see each other when we yeah. talk so <laughs> sometimes we talk over each other it's fine it's great it's so good um anyway what i was gonna say though is uh do you want to start off with maybe just talking about kind of like the beginnings of your experience with anxiety and just a little bit of how it came to be a part of your life i guess if that makes sense background yeah that would be good to know 
Um, so I know Rosie, like Rosie and I have talked about anxiety a lot just between us, just because it's something that we both relate to on a pretty heavy level. And I know that our stories are actually pretty different, which is interesting because we're pretty similar people. Um, but I think the more I think about it, looking back onto my childhood and younger years, I think my first real anxiety started in the middle school. Um, I never really thought of it as anxiety when I was in middle school, but looking back, you know, there was situations that made me super anxious and um, I would have what I didn't know were panic attacks back then and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say a lot of mine kind of stems from the fact of being left alone or being lonely, which we've had an episode about before. And like, there's a little bit of social anxiety in there, depending on the situation and whether or not I know people. That's a big one for me. Um, and we'll get into like certain situations and specifics like that later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of middle school stuff. And then I would say, I'd, like, I'm not necessarily stress anxiety induced, but definitely along the lines of like, oh, people don't like me. Like, I'm not a likable person is, is kind of what the basis of my anxiety mm-hmm. stems from. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, there's, like you said, we have pretty different anxiety stories, I feel like, but I still relate to so many of those feelings at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for for me, I feel like, I think I've always been an anxious person. And like you said, I didn't really label it as that for a really long time. And I don't even actually think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think, um, you know, like it's nice to be able to look at things in your life or emotions that you keep having and be able to label them. But I think as a kid, I don't know. It was nice to not label it like too early, if that makes any sense at all. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so I think I've always been kind of an anxious person, but for me, it really started to come out in college, and I think it came out for a couple of reasons. One, I had a really, really intense college schedule, and I used to hesitate to say that because I (laughs) felt like it was like me complaining or something, but... Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is I did like I just had I I took a ton of classes and my schedule was packed and a lot of music majors can probably relate and uh, it was it was really intense. So just the amount of stuff I was doing was hard and especially being an Enneagram three and being really somebody that's focused on staying motivated and achieving um, when you're trying to achieve all the time and you have so many things to achieve at all the time that's just really stressful and very anxiety inducing for me um so I think that um just the pure nature of how my life was structured was a big source of my anxiety and I also think I haven't I don't think I've ever really mentioned this to you Liz but I think a lot of it came out because I was in my first long-term relationship and yeah. A lot of anxiety came out of that through me. And some of it was just the relationship with that person. Like, I mean, at the time things were good, like no hate on him or anything like that. But it's it was definitely I learned a lot about 
what I want and don't want in a relationship and what yeah. causes me a lot of anxiety. For so, sure. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's my, so mine kind of came out more in college and it's something I'm still working on now, even though I'm out of college, I've just been out of college for two months, so it's not really anything. <laughs> but, Almost three. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. But, um, but yeah, so it's definitely still a struggle, even if my life looks different right now. Definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of what allowed me to kind of sit back and say, hey, maybe I have anxiety is again, that long-term relationship. Not with the same person, obviously, mm-hmm. but, like, I was <laughs> also... <laughs> yeah, um, me and Liz were not dating the same person at the same time. <laughs> that never happened. Uh, <laughs> let's just clarify that now. Um, <sighs> but a lot of it, you know, is, like, I feel like I don't want to speak for you, but in my long-term relationship, like, I thought that was it. Like, I thought I was married in him, oh, for sure. yeah, totally. Yeah. And so when things... When you kind of have that in the back of your mind and things don't or they things start to not go as well you get so anxious about it you're like okay what am I doing wrong what am I what is that person doing wrong how can I fix this and you're like obsessive about it at least I was mm-hmm. um and what really happened or I guess like the time where I was finally like oh yeah I have anxiety is when we lived together <laughs> mm-hmm. um so my most recent ex-boyfriend and I lived together for just over just a summer and um we lived with his parents and it was a great summer. We had a lot of fun, but our work schedules, we were both working full time for the first time. And so we would come home and just be exhausted and just like snap at each other. And so there's so many times where he would just like want to go to bed early. And I was like, no, but I need the attention and I'm anxious. And so I'd lay in bed and freak out about whether or not I was being a good girlfriend or whatever. Um, So I relate to the fact that our anxiety stems from, I don't want to say stems from other people, but like is often triggered by other people. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think for me, kind of in a similar vein, I guess, it's just I have come to terms with the fact that I do really care about if people like me or not. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I would push that away because it, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like something you wouldn't say if you were really, really strong in yourself, you know, like, oh, I don't care about anything about what other people think of me and in certain parts of my life that is true but when it comes to like close relationships or friendships I don't want you know you just don't want that person to think anything bad of you and and it's I mean it's a good thing that you care what they think about you if you're trying to like build any kind of life together but also finding the balance where caring what they think about you doesn't overrule what you think about yourself and and just continually trying to find that balance has been really hard for me and Mm -hmm. but it's so 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 important too definitely definitely and the thing that I've kind of fought with my whole life is being an anxious but confident person yes holy Um, shit I (laughs) feel that yeah um as we've talked about I'm a pretty extroverted person but like there's so certain social situations where I'm not as confident. Like if I don't know anybody or if I'm going to a place I've never been before, um, I'm definitely one of those people who will like sit outside in my car and wait for someone I know 
Um, or like I was going to a bar one time and I had a friend inside and I had, I called her to be like, Hey, come outside and get me because I was too anxious to like actually get out of my car and walk in. Mm-hmm. But like, once I'm comfortable, I'm like the most confident person. I'll talk to anybody, like whatever, as long as I know that I'm safe, I guess in a way, yeah, mentally, like not yeah. necessarily physically, because I mean, yeah, you should always be on the lookout and take care of yourself. But like Montana is a relatively safe place yeah. um, for the most part. And so a lot of my battles in my head have been like, oh, but you're so confident. People know you're confident. People know that you're, you're so extroverted. Like, why are you worried about this? Mm-hmm. Which was in a really, really hard internal struggle, especially through college. Yeah, I can totally see that. I, and I can see that with you, especially. And cause I, I'm also a really confident person and I haven't seen it. I've never had that same worry that you were just talking about as far as that duality of being anxious, but being confident and like, you know, sometimes being scared that people will see your anxious side or I'm not phrasing it Mm -hmm. as well as you did, but, (laughs) but, but you know what I mean? And I've never really had that, but I think more than anything, again, just being a person that really does value ambition and getting things done and achievement I always saw my anxiety as a weakness to slow me down and stop me from getting everything done and sometimes it did honestly because it was just so exhausting more than anything um there's just times where anxiety is just a really really heavy feeling it's not you it's not a part of you really it's it's something you're carrying and it just weighs you down Mm -hmm. and so it would stop me from doing stuff because I'd literally just be exhausted and need to sleep or just like chill out and um yeah my anxiety really got in the way of me being able to take time for myself for a long time and it still does sometimes honestly like it's I'm still figuring that out yeah but I kind of had that realization, like, I think it was November. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember posting on Instagram about it. But I kind of sat down and was like, you know what, I'm an anxious person, but I only have one more semester of college, like I've missed out on so much stuff, because I was too scared to walk in, like I drove all the way there. And then I drove home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of right before winter break started, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to, if someone invites me to something, I'm going to be there. I like, I'm going to fight myself and I'm going to do it because while I'm still quote unquote young and stupid, I want to make as many memories as I can. Thanks Corona for screwing up a lot of that. Um, But (laughs) it was, we're still making memories. It's just very different kind of memory. Very different. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like, for example, we had a friend visiting over winter break that was from out of town. And so we went to our tried and true sports bar and we were there for a long time, but they closed because they're a restaurant. And so they were like, oh, let's, let's go to this other bar and like hang out for the rest of the night. And I was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And I drove there and then sat in the parking lot and then left. I'm like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I was like, you know what? I don't know these people that well. They probably really don't want me to be there, which is so untrue. And I got mm-hmm. so mad at myself once I got home because I was like, this is a situation in which I was invited. People want me to be there. It was my friend's. Like, yeah. why, why did that kind of creep up in the back of my head? And I got so frustrated at myself. So that kind of timing, I guess, like in November, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Yeah, definitely. No, going more off of what you're saying, because I think it's 
really interesting. And I think this is another way that we can kind of show our different angles that anxiety has worked its way into in our lives <laughs> yeah. is um, besides like the social situations, uh, what in the past has anxiety kept you personally from doing or things that it's been able to tell you are not true in your brain or things like that like do you get what i'm yeah. saying by that? yeah like, yeah so like missed opportunities kind of yeah missed opportunities or yeah. like or things it's made you do that you wouldn't normally do if you didn't have anxiety telling yeah. you otherwise okay you know? here's the instant example that came to mind which is i still hate myself or not hate myself but like get mad at myself for even yeah. thinking of this yeah that i dreamed about doing the disney college program since i was a freshman in high school Mm-hmm. Like I dreamed about it. I applied every semester once I was like allowed to, because you have to have submitted or completed one semester of college. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I applied every semester, never got accepted, never got accepted. And the moment I did, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which um, my mom likes to blame on my boyfriend at the time. But <laughs> at that time, there was just so much going on in life. And I was like, oh, well, like, I'll miss out on these other opportunities because I'm going to be in Florida. Um, right. Like auditioning for a drum major, which is something I also dreamed of as a kid. And there was just so much arguing going on in my head. But the moment I sat down and thought about it, I was like, I have, this is my dream. Why am I even questioning going or not? Of course I'm going. Yeah. So there you know was, what? there was a whole like two week thing where I was like, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I shouldn't go. Yeah. I remember that because we were living together yeah. at that time. So mm-hmm. I remember talking with you about that quite a bit. And I think that's just a testament to how debilitating anxiety can feel at its heaviest. And obviously it did not control you and you ended up going to the Disney college program and it totally changed your life, which Absolutely. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's great. I think, and I think that's such an important thing to mention about anxiety that I've really had to learn is that your anxiety, if you are a person that's more prone to it, we all have it to a certain extent, but if you are a person that is more prone to anxiety, you are never going to, completely get rid of your anxiety that's just that's Mm -hmm. just not how it works and which sucks when you just hear that but what you're really learning how to do with your anxiety is just how to carry it and how to acknowledge it but not listen to it and not Mm -hmm. let it control your life so I think it's so powerful for you to share a story like that where you had anxiety about one of the coolest experiences that you've ever had in your entire life and that it was there, mm-hmm. but you chose to examine it and not just listen to it and say, oh, yeah, it's probably right. My anxiety is telling me I shouldn't go, so I shouldn't go, right. you know? Yeah. And I, like, even just thinking about the fact that I considered not going is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And I think I think it's really important to look back at those moments where you have noticed your anxiety and set it to the side. because hindsight to me is really really powerful like because people can tell you a million stories about how oh I set my anxiety aside and then this amazing thing happens but until you're able to do your that yourself at some point it's really hard to understand how you can overcome your anxiety so like yeah I just I think 
it's so it's so important to like congratulate yourself if you are a more anxious person in those moments mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, I did that and my anxiety does not control my life. Like I control yeah. my life. I just yeah. and even if it's like a small little thing like walking into a new coffee shop or like walking in to meet someone. Like it doesn't have to be a whole like big internship like I did, but like even the smallest little day to day things. Like walking yeah. into the grocery store when you know that like I don't know. Like the other day I my friend asked me to get like two cases of white claws instead of one and I was like, I don't know, like I don't want to look like an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, so like walking I sat in the car for a long time and I was like, Oh, maybe I should get one at the grocery store and one at the gas station. So that like I, I literally like this is what my brain goes through. Like mm-hmm. it's the silliest stuff. But like even just little tiny day to day things like that, just work on like telling yourself that no one cares what you're doing (laughs) yeah yeah this is just like a random little tidbit that I'm gonna throw in here yeah I guess it's a tip but like because I've because pro tip yeah pro tip uh about your anxiety uh but like I so I don't have anxiety so much about day-to-day things like that there's certain things I do like I actually have a lot of anxiety when I perform at a new location for the first time And especially the fact that I often have so much gear because I'm a percussionist. I'm like, it's not, I can't just like walk in with my stuff and be ready to go. I have to like do multiple trips. So I have to park my car somewhere close by and I don't know if there's going to be parking and I don't know how much room the venue has. So like, will my stuff even fit? I'm not sure. So like, there's more like special occasions that I will be really, really anxious about. That's one of them for me. And an important thing, I really should start doing this with that specific example I just said. Um, one thing that I've done in the past is those moments where you do overcome your anxiety or realize like, oh, I didn't actually need to be anxious. Write those down in a journal or on a list and like put them in a place where you will read them and see them so that you can constantly have a literal tangible list of things to remind yourself like, hey, this is my anxiety talking and it's trying to keep me safe. That's what it thinks it's doing. But really, I have all these instances that I can think back on that makes what my anxiety is saying not true. Like that has helped me so much with different kind of sets of anxious events in my life in the past that's been so huge for me I guess a question to go along with that is like at what point in your life or like when when is like a piece of advice you would give for someone who's like has anxiety and like anxious thoughts every once in a while against like someone who should probably either get help or like should actually go to a doctor or like actually think about the fact that they have anxiety rather than just a couple anxious thoughts like when was like that changing point for you I think that changing point for me was I just realized it was so constant and that it was truly taking up all of my brain space and it took me talking about it to people for me to realize that the way I was thinking wasn't necessarily normal because like so like a little bit of background and this is a good segue Liz because I know that we both take medication for our anxiety Uh which is something I really really want to touch on um but 
about my, I guess it would have been the summer before my junior year of college. So about two years ago at this point, my boyfriend at the time, we were living sort of long distance from each other. I'd see him on the weekends, but otherwise I wouldn't see him during the week. And it was really, really hard. We just honestly at that point probably shouldn't have been dating but again hindsight is <laughs> so much clearer than yep. when you're in the yep. middle of it mm-hmm. and you know I learned so much from that summer and that was some of the time that my anxiety was the worst the absolute worst and I just remember like people would talk about how you know you can only actually think about one thing at the time, one thing at a time. So when people say that they're thinking about multiple thoughts, it's not true. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I've heard like scientifically it's impossible to not think of more than one thing at a time. And I was like, you know what? I literally don't believe that because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm thinking about four things all the time. And mm-hmm. I used to link that to me being a really productive person. Like, oh, I can think about all these same things at the time the same time. It must be because that's like why I get so much done because I can multitask like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember I had started going to therapy. I'd been on and off to therapy. Um, in years past, but I started seriously going that spring um, of before that summer I'm talking about. And I remember telling my therapist that and she was like, huh, like, that's interesting. And and so we just kind of touched on it and kept working on other stuff, a lot of relationship stuff at that point. And I remember... I was also doing a lot of meditating that summer. I was trying to incorporate Mm -hmm. a lot of meditating and being so frustrated because I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to clear my mind when (laughs) I have five thoughts going at once? I was like, how do you get rid of that many thoughts? Like, I, I have no idea how I'm supposed to just sit here with a clear mind. And so I remember after that first conversation coming back about the meditation to my therapist And she brought up to me the fact that she's like, you know, lots of people only think about one thing at a time. In fact, most people only think about one thing at a time. And I don't know what it was about that session, but I just remember like completely breaking down and crying and just realizing like, oh my God, I am so, so, so exhausted. Yeah. And my brain could think a different way like this isn't how everyone is like I thought I was just struggling with something that was normal for people and turns out like no it's not normal to feel like you're thinking about four things at once and maybe maybe it is for some people and maybe you can manage it super well without like labeling yourself as an anxious person again this episode is not meant to give any like answers or anything like that just as a quick disclaimer yes but um but that's when she suggested going on medication for me because she because I was I was doing the daily meditation I was doing the nightly routine I was doing the journaling I was eating the right way that I was supposed to Mm -hmm. I was exercising like hard every day um and it just like it was not evening out my thoughts. It was not evening out my brain. And so I started taking medication about a month or two after we had that conversation. 
And for me, within five days, I was like, oh my God, this this is how other people think. Like, I honestly was floored that my brain felt so clear and so light and that I could focus on one thing at a time. And honestly, it was really scary at first because I was not used to my brain being like that. But, but yeah, I, that was, I think it's just really important. It's important for me to say all of that because one, medication is an option and don't let anyone ever tell you that it's not a valuable option if your brain needs it. Mm -hmm. And two, it's so important to talk about whatever you're feeling with other people because getting it out in the open can clarify so many things than just keeping it bottled up inside you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like that you use the word clarify. Yeah. Because I mean, without going into like a huge story. um, So throughout high school, I struggled with some other mental health issues. Um, I was not with a good crowd of people and I was not in a good headspace at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was diagnosed with depression my freshman year, which is like a crazy thing to think about because I am completely, I don't want to say over it, but like, I don't consider myself having it anymore. Yeah. And so uh, my freshman year of high school was like super, super traumatic. It, a lot of stuff happened and I ended up having to go to therapy and then it like didn't help. So I was frustrated having to go to therapy and I was just like, oh, I'm so depressed all the time. I'm so depressed all the time. But honestly, looking back at it now, I just had anxiety on top of my depression. Like it was just two separate issues and that were only being treated as one, Mm -hmm. which is a night and day difference because how I found out I had quote unquote anxiety or how I was clinically diagnosed with anxiety is um, my sophomore year of college. I had, I had some like weird heart palpitations. Mm -hmm. I was like going, I don't know what it was. And so we go to the cardiologist and they're like, Oh, can you wear this heart monitor for 72 hours? And we're going to like figure out what's going on. Yeah. So I had to wear these wear these stickers for three days. I like couldn't shower for a week, and like it was like, it was a whole thing. Um, and then I got back to the doctor, and they're like, "Oh, well, like these are just normal heart palpitations. Your BMI is just so small that you feel them reg- more than regular people." I was like, "That doesn't make any flipping sense. Like what?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up hearing from someone. I think it was my aunt, and she was like, "Oh, well, I have these like anxiety heartbeats, so you should like go get that checked out." And I was like, "What?" So I go to the student uh, clinic on our campus and she, the doctor hands me this thing, this like questionnaire. And she's like, okay, anything higher than a seven on this questionnaire means you have some kind of generalized anxiety. I got an 11 (laughs) out of like 15. Dude, that was, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because that's also this same student clinic is where I was also diagnosed. And I also got an 11. So I tell (laughs) you. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, it was nice to, for someone to be like, Hey, you have anxiety too. Like you're not just dealing with one issue. You're dealing with a lot. Um, and so I ended up getting some on some medications for what they're calling anxiety induced ectopic heartbeats. And I haven't had them since. <laughs> so yeah. like I was having all kinds of other issues because of my anxiety and it took a couple years for a doctor to finally be like, Hey, this is what is going wrong. Like you were dealing, you were only being treated for your depression, but you had a lot of other stuff going on too. And I don't know how you were doing that for six years. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
it's so interesting. It's so, so interesting. Also, too, for the record, I have totally had those heart palpitations, too. I don't know if I would be... Well, like, were you, like, diagnosed with, like, a palpitation yeah. thing? Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know if I would be... But definitely in times where I'm more anxious, like, I totally feel those, too. And so I guess I'm I'm just putting that in there uh, just to tell anybody else, like, if you feel them when you're anxious like you don't necessarily have to go on a medication like like Liz did for hers specifically um because mine are fairly irregular and not that often but I just want to put it out there that it's like that's like a normal thing when you're mm-hmm. anxious just to anybody that doesn't realize it because I didn't really realize it for a long time and I also thought there was something wrong with me and that my heart was gonna break or something <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah but it's a weird it's a weird feeling it so is it's like it's like you lose your breath for a minute mm-hmm. it's really strange mm-hmm. and I remember a lot of times they would happen like when I was feeling anxious anyway but then other times I'd just be like driving in my car and then I'd yeah get it, and I'd be like <coughs> you have to cough to like get it to to trick totally. my body into like functioning normally again yeah I totally know what you mean yeah it's, it was a, that was a weird symptom for me yeah definitely <laughs> So we've we've kind of touched on medication, just that yours helped more of your physical mm-hmm. um, things, and mine was definitely about mellowing my brain way way out. Uh, but what are other things in your life that you found really help with your anxiety? Just whether it's like quieting it or managing it, however you want to. Yeah. Say. Um. So I don't want to get too far into like the western medicine type of shit Uh but like what really helped I don't know if it's just a placebo if I'm just thinking it's helping but if it's actually is was flipping essential oils (laughs) like yeah that's awesome it's I got a diffuser a couple years ago as a Christmas gift and just like lemon in the morning lavender at night helped so much Mm -hmm. it's I don't know like I said I could just be thinking about it but like smelling lemon I'm like okay time to work now time to wake up time to like focus my brain and then smelling lavender it's like oh it's relaxing time now like it's okay to stop thinking about work yeah and so I think those are just like smell triggers to me now Mm -hmm. but both of those um in many kinds of ways like I diffuse them I rub them on my wrists and my temples like bottom of your feet cool you can do more research I'm sure if you're interested in that kind of stuff but um what I've been doing has been helping a lot and that's a big one for me yeah and I think one, I think that's awesome. Two, I love that it's helped you so much. Three, what I want to say about placebo real quick is I don't really care if something is helping you and if it is placebo. Like, yeah, for whoever. Because yeah. if it's helping you, think about that. Like, if you just need that external thing to help you get into that place and it is totally in your brain, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, you know? great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, and the reason that I'm really passionate about this is because my anxiety medication is a tiny, tiny dose. Like it's really, really small. I didn't have to take that much for my brain to really, really mellow out. And I won't, I won't say who said it, but I did have a person in my life at that point who knew that I was going through this and basically told me my medication wasn't doing anything because it was so small how could it do anything so it must be placebo Mm. and was basically telling me that as like 
well, you don't have anxiety then if you are just like able to fix it with this tiny, tiny little dose. Mm-hmm. And so one, screw that. Two, yeah. I, two I'm really into number lists like, right now. Three, uh, <laughs> <laughs> three, like just again, like I don't care if it's placebo. The fact that it helped my brain so much to start taking anxiety medication that that's everything and if you can find anything that helps you like more power to you girl like absolutely take that like absolutely take it and own it and it it just yeah so anyway like yeah maybe it is placebo but the fact that essential oils help you i'm so happy for you that's so awesome yeah and it like i said it could just be like a brain triggering thing rather than like the actual oils doing anything to my body like whatever yeah it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah but establishing triggers for yourself like wow that's so powerful yeah also how cool that we can train our bodies to be like triggered by certain things like it's crazy that's amazing when you think about it it's so crazy and like also kind of terrifying (laughs) yes it is. <laughs> it is a fine line. <laughs> like, good in this instance. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it for this. But Yeah. Okay, what's a coping technique that you have? Um, I, I touched on it, but I will always and forever preach therapy and counseling as a way to work on anything in your life. Not just if you have a quote-unquote problem or disorder, mm-hmm. but just for like daily stresses even just like figuring out what daily schedule works the best for you or just being able to have a really safe place to vent about relationship things that aren't working for you whether it's friendships or with your parents or with your siblings or a significant other yeah Um, I just think I'm I'm just always going to be a big supporter of talking and talking honestly, I think that's the important part. Talking honestly with somebody that you know is safe where you can really dive into what you're truly feeling and not having to mask anything. Mm-hmm. And I think even though it's sad, I think there's a lot of people in life that really don't feel like they have that person where they can just lay it all out there, like yeah. absolutely everything. And I'm here to tell you, like, that's normal if you're like that. And that's like a great reason to go to counseling because it's this this other person that isn't really related to your life except for you to talk to them. And I have just had so, so much growth in all aspects of my life because of going to counseling and therapy. And I am I literally just had a session this morning, actually, and <laughs> it made me think so, so much about what I'm going through right now being in a new place um during covid still and <laughs> figuring out my new life with my new relationship and yeah it's just yeah huge and on the other side of that i am so glad that therapy helped you like that's the coolest thing literally ever mm-hmm. but i just want to like provide another opinion on it like yeah, i i tried and didn't like it you know and so like that's just like I don't want to like preach like go try it like blah 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 because like we're not qualified to do so right um I guess the other opinion I want to give on that is while it may work while therapy might work for someone else it doesn't necessarily work for everyone 
Um, and feel free, like if you think therapy is going to help you absolutely go for it. And definitely if you start with a therapist that you don't necessarily like or bond with smooth, like move around, try other people. There's millions of them in the world that you can Mm -hmm. do it online at this point. Um, and I went, I didn't like, I had to go for a legal reason. I had to go to therapy when I was in high school and I ended up like, I obviously didn't want to go. I didn't feel comfortable talking about what had happened with a complete stranger. And, you know, I, I didn't like going, I didn't feel like it was helpful to me and whatever. And so I realized that me as a person, I ended up feeling better when I was talking to someone I knew, like whether it was a friend or a family member or my brother or uh, uncle, friend from camp, like who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I personally feel better talking to someone I, that knows what had happened. And like, I don't have to retell the story or I don't, they know my life better than a stranger, but like that just shows the difference between Rosie and I as people, because that talking to who someone who had no grudges and had no prior information was helpful to her while it was like kind of weird for me. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's what I'll say to that. I completely agree with everything you said. Um, there's like two things. One, the one thing I will say about the relationship with the therapist I have is that for me, it was really awesome to go to her because I had worked with her actually a little bit when I was a kid because I had to go for some stuff that had happened after my brother died when I was younger. And so one reason I chose this particular therapist to go back to when I was older was because I didn't have to rehash like all of my childhood trauma. And, And so I agree with you on that, that it's nice sometimes to not have to go back through your entire backstory um so I I totally relate to that and then the other thing I would say too is that I like me like always advocating for therapy it's always in the it's always in the light of if you want to I don't think anyone should ever ever be forced to go to it and I totally understand I mean knowing what you went through Liz and then being told you had to go like that would suck like yeah. I, I it was not a good time. <laughs> I can I can totally understand it. Like, it, there's, I think I think the one thing I would say about therapy is that I think I would be hard pressed to believe that no one would ever have a time in their life where it didn't help at some point. And you're not always going to mm-hmm. catch the right timing. And so you might never go and your life is great. Like that's, that's totally fine. And if that works out for you, I'm so happy, <laughs> but I'm just saying, don't push it away because you're embarrassed. If, like you said, yes. Liz, like, if you think it will help, then go for it. If you don't think it'll help, then don't force yourself to do it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to clarify what I said. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. Also just, support what you said too (laughs) yeah yeah and it's I'm could be thinking of it in a completely different way now because the last time I went was seven years ago Mm -hmm. and so the fact that like even now like I don't necessarily feel like I have anything that needs to be talked about with a therapist but like I'm not opposed to the idea like if I were to try again I'm sure I could find someone or some a place or a resource that would work perfectly Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, too, it's been a really beautiful kind of journey to see how I started going to it for my problems. I'm putting air quotes around that. (laughs) But really, 
I go to it now as a way to just keep a check on my anxiety and my fears and things like that, but also to really learn about myself and have conversations about things I want to be better at. That's that's a way that I'm using it now that's super powerful in my life. And I know that not everyone will want that, but that's how I personally use therapy. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's a great resource if like try it and if you hate it, you hate it. But if yeah. it works, like that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, do you have anything you want to like finish off this little conversation? With yeah with? um I think the kind of the overarching idea is like whatever you're feeling in whatever situation talk about it with someone whether it's like a therapist a parent if you don't have a parent a friend if you don't have a friend a dog like or even like I said there are so many resources online now like mm-hmm. reach out to someone um, if you think your kind of debilitating feelings are becoming more and more constant because that's kind of I guess the telltale sign for Rosie and I, like that was how we knew that, Oh, we have something that might need to be dealt with more professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're feeling these things and you don't know who to go to, like there's so many people, your feelings are valid and everything and everyone is going to have a different experience. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with all that. The only thing I would say is just to say again, that your feelings are valid. That's, Mm -hmm so 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 huge and if you take anything away from this podcast today <laughs> that's what it should be is that absolutely your feelings are valid so yeah and no one can tell you otherwise yeah. you are you yes i couldn't have said it better well done preach well done <laughs> thank you <laughs> well, Liz, tell me about some disney news oh my god okay everyone in the world knows about this disney news Do I even know about Yeah, I hope so. I posted about it on Instagram. (laughs) Oh, okay. Cool. So, um, following the whole political situation of the world right now, there was a petition started online for uh, the Disney parks to change the theming of their Splash Mountain ride, which is currently themed uh, Song of the South, which is a racist Disney movie that you literally cannot get anymore. Like, it's it's off the market. They don't sell it anymore. You can't access it. Um, but it's themed over that movie and they are now retheming it to princess in the front. Yes. Which is great on many reasons because Tiana needs more representation in the parks anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just like that Disney was like, Oh, Hey, yeah, people don't like this. So we're going to change it. And like, they actually listened. So good. That's yeah. so awesome. I'm very proud. And I'm very excited. A lot of people, you know, like splash mountain. I love it. It's one of my favorite rides. It was the first ride I rode of my Disney college program and the last ride I rode of my Disney Aww. college program. So like, I definitely have a place for it in my heart, but I realize that like things need to change. It's going to be the same ride. It's just going to be themed different, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So good. Good so job, good. Disney thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. What's well, new in the music world this week? Um, this week I, I'm going back to the one I said last week, which was the album Not Our First Goat Rodeo. Yes. Which has four musicians on it, but the only ones I truly care about are Chris Thiele and Yo-Yo Ma. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the other guys are great, too. I just don't know them. And uh, so I actually listened to it this week. And... Um, is really cool. It's really, really cool. Especially if you're a music major, I think you'll like it because... I mean, like, I love pop music, don't get me wrong, but it is really fun to listen to stuff that's a little more 
technical or you can tell like there's a lot of artistry within the way the instrumentalists are playing and this album just has so so much of that there's also vocals on it which i didn't expect at first um chris thiele is an amazing vocalist but there was also a woman i can't remember her name right now some bluegrass singer and she has a beautiful beautiful voice so she's not on every song but the ones she is on are so good um so yeah it's just like it's just a fun album to listen to would be great background music too i feel like for a like a summer dinner on your porch or something like that <laughs> nice like set, that set kind the mood of, yeah just that kind of like chill summery vibe but still interesting if you want to sit down and actually listen to it so nice um, so yeah so go listen I to that. not our first goat rodeo for the second time for the second time yes <laughs> this time with more details about it <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of songs, I have a song, and it's uh, it's probably my cringiest pick yet. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing about it. So, it's no secret that I love all things Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> and the Tangled, the series. Mm-hmm. And I, I filmed a TikTok last night. Yes, you did. <laughs> me ranking all of the songs from Tangled the series. Oh my god. Um, and it just got me thinking about how flippin' awesome all of the songs are from that. And the one I picked is the one, the first time I heard it, I actually sobbed because this, the whole context of the episode and also the song, and it's Zachary Levi, so like I'm in love with him. But it's, it's Eugene singing a song called Everything I Ever Thought I Knew. Mm-hmm. And it's like a power ballad pretty much and oh it's so sad and I'm so attached to the character that like every time I listen to it I just cry <laughs> you're so intense sometimes it's, it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad oh but I listened God. to it when I was in the car today and I just love it so much it's such a good song yeah you heard it here <laughs> first folks Tangled the series. Please, it needs to be on Broadway, honestly. Like, all of the songs, they were, like, nominated for Grammys and stuff. Like, they're really, Seriously? Really, yeah. Damn. Let me, let me look at which, which one it won. Um, oh, it won a Grammy? It Yeah. Damn. Award. Hold on. Um, where is it? So it's for Waiting in the Wings which is sung by the character of Cassandra, who is, uh, no, (laughs) No. (laughs) doing research. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can't find it. Oh, no, that's for the episode. It won an award for something. Amazing. That's yes. all you need to know. I'll I'll follow up next week. It won an award, but it's really good. And it's like Broadway style singers and it's Eden Espinosa and oh it's oh, great. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about Tangled. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, my song. <laughs> um my song of the week is by Vienna Tang who is somebody I did not know about until this week. And the song 
is called the hymn of axiom i think that's how you say it um wow that last word is a c x i o m i axiom does that make sense i don't know okay and i have heard this song before but i didn't know that was the title of it it is so beautiful like just listen just sit down put this song on with some headphones just take a meditative moment by yourself it is absolutely gorgeous please go listen to it so that sounds amazing yes i'll send it to you after we're done recording so okay sounds good we all need a little chill in our lives (laughs) exactly exactly well that's it for today's episode then yeah dude everyone take a deep breath just everyone (laughs) listening right now yeah dude (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) i'm stressed (laughs) you're doing great sweetie yeah yeah everything's great well our podcast the bright sides podcast comes out every tuesday morning and you can get it on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts please come over and hang out on our instagram at the bright sides podcast we post all kinds of silly photos of rosie and i and also some tiktok dances and also things that pertain to the week's episode so check us out there we love it we love it we love it yeah yeah all right (laughs) we should go (laughs) thanks for joining us (laughs) okay bye okay bye